When Kelly first asked me to share a testimony this weekend, I was inclined to say no, since you all have heard plenty from me at our events. But this topic of trusting God is so dear to me that I decided to go on and share this morning. I do trust God deeply to my core, and I want others to as well. So I hope that perhaps a bit of insight into my life might help some of you to trust him more deeply and confidently. I should begin by saying how thankful I am to the Lord for parents who showed me what it looks like to trust God and who taught me that he is always completely and totally trustworthy, whether we understand or like what he is doing or not. My parents' example set a solid foundation for the Holy Spirit to build on in my own life. I have so many stories of having to trust God when things don't seem to make any sense that I would love to share today, but I was asked to focus on something from the past couple of years, and one opportunity that particularly comes to mind is our move to Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2019 that did not happen. Some of you have commented to me about watching how we handled that, so I'd like to share some truths and convictions that kept us grounded and even rejoicing through that whole circumstance. As you may recall, that August, Mike received a call from the Chief of Chaplain's Office in D.C. offering him a really neat position ministering to some of the senior officers in the Army. We were excited about the opportunity for several reasons. The job itself was neat. It looked like a great way to close out Mike's Army career. It was financially attractive, especially after these recent leaner years back in school mode. It would put us close to some family members that we had recently had some interesting gospel conversations with, among other things. One big catch was that we would have barely a month to make the whole move happen. But tight timelines are no issue for our great God, who is not bound by our constraints. So we said yes, and we got to work to be ready to move quickly. In some ways, it looked like God was even parting the seas to smoothly facilitate our transition. Um, We already had plane tickets to be in D.C. the following week for a wedding. So we delayed our return flight and found a home to rent there. We got our house here on the market in less than a week and received two excellent offers in the first 24 hours. So for about three weeks, things were flying along. But then another phone call came, and it all came to a screeching halt. There had been some administrative miscommunication, and the chief's office was notified that they had not received funding for that position for the upcoming fiscal year. So, just as quickly as the opportunity had arisen, it vanished into thin air, and we set about unselling our home here and unrenting the one in D.C. Uh, Without question, we experienced a wide range of emotions in those few weeks. Excitement, then disappointment, some frustration and wondering, but not great anxiety or fear or anger. From a human standpoint, One thing that helped us was good management of our expectations. The truth is, you'd probably be amazed at how often such quick changes of plans happen to military families, which is precisely why the contract to sell our house here included a cancellation clause in case the Army canceled the move. So we weren't going to be homeless. 
But the biggest reason we were able to walk through those days with calm was because we kept reminding ourselves who our God is, that he is strong and mighty and good and kind and purposeful in all that he does, that his plans are never thwarted, and that he is often doing things that we do not see. Those of you who know me well know that I think a full and robust view of the attributes and character of God is one of the most significant things for Christian maturity. Tozer's The Knowledge of the Holy is one of my most favorite books. Whether things are good or bad, our souls must always cling to the Lord, and we can do so based on who He is— even more foundationally than on his promises, wonderful as they are, because it's who he is that makes all those promises reliable and sure. So, even as so many questions were swirling all about us in those roller coaster days, in the end, we could say, Lord, we do not know what all you are doing through this. But we do know that you are doing something, and that something is good. And so we trust you, and we thank you, and we ask you to help us to follow you wherever you lead and to glorify you as we walk through each moment. And we ask you to keep our minds and our hearts grounded in you and not in our circumstances. And we ask you to help us to submit our plans and our wills to yours, because yours are best. There are a few specific scriptures and disciplines that have particularly helped me to develop a deeper trust in the Lord over the years. One is Job 1, 20-21. Verse 21 has the famous phrase, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And verse 20 says that even in the midst of Job's pain, he worshiped the Lord. This determined act of the will to praise and worship the Lord in the midst of what is hard, not just that praise will come again, but that I can and will praise him now, is a helpful discipline that draws my eyes upward to where they need to be. So in those hard and trying and confusing moments, what do I praise him for? That's where Psalm 119.68 comes in for me. It says, You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. No matter how crazy or confusing or painful or ridiculous things may seem in any moment, this truth is a solid anchor that keeps me grounded. He is good and he does good. Always. But the second part of that verse is critical for shaping my posture into one that is truly worshipful as I remind myself to willfully submit to what he is doing. And so then to be taught by the Spirit even more of who he is and what it means to follow him and to rest in him. Another helpful thing for me is the idea that though my physical circumstances may seem to be going in circles, they may, in fact, be leading me on a straight path in spiritual growth. That idea comes from the fact that God's ways are not our ways, and that my job is to submit to the path that he gives and not dwell on questioning why or trying to make it all make sense in the here and now. 
And it is continually going back to him being good and doing good that helps me to rest and to breathe and to not feel like all the tension of not understanding has to be resolved. Knowing that he does what is best helps me to more quickly settle into a place of rest. And there's another discipline that great, greatly helps me to stay grounded in the Lord, and that is to sing solid hymns. And I particularly love some of the old ones. I love their content, and I love that God's people have been singing these same words for centuries to draw their attention to the Lord. There's a beautiful old hymn from the 1670s that's particularly helpful to my soul. I printed it out as a bookmark for you, um, and I will finish my time this morning by reading those lyrics. Whate'er my God ordains is right, his holy will abideth. I will be still, whate'er he doth, and follow where he guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. And so to him I leave it all. He holds me that I shall not fall. Whate'er my God ordains is right. He never will deceive me. He leads me by the proper path. I know he will not leave me. I take content what he has sent. His hand can turn my griefs away. And patiently I wait his day. His hand can turn my griefs away. Whate'er my God ordains is right. Though now this cup in drinking may bitter seem to my faint heart. I take it all unshrinking. My God is true each morn anew. Sweet comfort yet shall fill my heart. And pain and sorrow shall depart. Sweet comfort yet shall fill my heart. Whate'er my God ordains is right, here shall my stand be taken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, yet I am not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall. And so to him I leave it all. He holds me that I shall not fall. Um, I also put a YouTube link uh, on the back of the bookmark that's uh, of some uh, new music that this old hymn has been put to. It's actually music from a friend of ours at our church in Nashville. And so I hope you'll go to that YouTube link and listen to it there. Um, but I really do love this song and it does help to keep my heart and my soul grounded and looking to the Lord. So I don't know what all the Lord was doing and having us think that we were moving and then so quickly changing our course again. But I know that he was doing good things in us and to us and for us. At the least, he reminded us that our home and vocation and purpose is anywhere that he is, which is everywhere. And he reminded us to hold our plans loosely and to be willing to go or to stay wherever he says, and to do either with thanks and with joy. And I hope that he was also doing good things through us to bear witness to those around us that he is good and does good 
and so we trust him no matter what he gives or takes away. I hope some of the things I've shared will encourage you to trust the Lord more deeply, and I'd like to pray for us as I close my time. Oh, Lord, help us to see you rightly in all your glory and to set our hopes firmly in you, for you are great and you are good, and we are yours. Amen.